Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Samuels vs. Schlanger, football, fantasy, and other sports. I got to say another. We're, we're on to episode two. We are officially a series. We haven't been canceled. Canceled by who? Who's gonna cancel you? You're, you're sitting in your desk in your little apartment office, and, and you, you turned on the computer and you started recording. Like, what? who's gonna cancel you? I, I don't know. I could I could have canceled myself, but that would have been a bummer. Now wouldn't it? I don't know. It saved me a lot of time. We're gonna we're about to spend like like three hours shooting and editing this thing. We're not shooting anything. It's just recording. Well, I got a behind the scenes guy. He's in the closet in the corner with a camera on us. That is. That's, I did not sign a waiver for whatever you're <laughs> concocting in there. We have some housekeeping uh, to take care of today before we jump in. This podcast as a whole is just going to be a little more focused in the future. Uh, We just, I mean, (laughs) no, we're not. We're not going to be more focused. We're going to be just as as off topic and off the rails as we always have been. Always, always. (laughs) I'm... I'm going to, no, I'm going to stay in this voice, just like we always have been. All these two episodes that we've been doing, we're going to stay off the rails. Well, I mean focused as in last week I talked about how we're going to talk about maybe some baseball, maybe some fantasy baseball, maybe some other sports. It's in our name, other sports. But my primary focus, my primary expertise, the way that I can help you, the listeners, the most is by providing fantasy football insight. So... From this point forward, I am happy to announce that this is predominantly a fantasy football podcast. Not saying that we won't talk about other sports as they come up. I don't want to hear you talk about other sports. I don't even want to hear you talk about the fantasy football. Well, our listeners might beg to differ. Our listeners? You got like 12 listeners. We had more than 12 listeners. We're Thank you, actually. That's a good point, Schlanger. Thank you to everyone who tuned in to episode one. We're really excited to get this thing going. We're really excited to make sure this grows and grows to be a massive ESPN-like following. We're taking over America with this podcast. <laughs> Don't you got to be careful with 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 talk about taking over America right now because Russia might get. Uh, <laughs> can we? But this is not going to be a political podcast. We're not talking about politics. We are going to talk fantasy football and we have a lot of news to get to we have some running back news and we have a nationwide contest being held by a certain very large beer company that we want to dive in and uh, actually talk about so let's let's go ahead and hit that drop don't please don't this is the drop this is the drop this is the drop samuels versus schlanger oh this is gonna be brutal just stop playing that drop. I am embarrassed listening to that drop. Oh, this is gonna be brutal. Yeah, just... We had this conversation last week. We are not getting rid of the drop. That's just the way it is. So, we have fantasy football running back news to get to. Instead of just listening to Schlanger complain. I'm not complaining. I'm... Okay, I'm kind of complaining. But it's a bad drop. 
So the biggest news of the week is Leonard Fournette was dropped by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Amazing. Got this whole section planned out. We're going to talk about which teams Leonard Fournette could fit best with, like the Kansas City Chiefs. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is a small guy. Maybe you need a power back for the first couple of downs. Or New England Patriots. Sony Michelle's dealing with injuries. Damian Harris now has a hand injury. He's probably going to miss the first game. But instead of that, now we get to talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and their new running back, Leonard Fournette. His name, it does, it's not two last names. It's not the number four and then the thing you use to catch fish. It is, it is Leonard Fournette. I, I don't know why, I, kn- I know that. I, I'm not an idiot. I, well, I, there is no proof that you're not an idiot. Leonard Fournette is now with the Bucks. We can talk about two things. One, what that means for the Bucks. But first, I want to talk about what that means for the Jacksonville Jaguars, who leave us not one, not two, not even three, four running backs who could potentially contribute, question mark. And that is a question mark. So Ryquel Armstead is number one on the, on the depth chart at this point. Chris Thompson is number two. He's going to be their pass catching back. We'll get to him later. Then we have Divine Ozigbo. Great name, Divine. I like that. Can you call me Divine? I'm not going to call you Divine. I'm Call me Divine Schlanger. Divine Ozigbo and James Robinson. His name is pretty boring. I don't care, I don't care what their names sound like. Can, can we talk about fantasy football? Sure, fine. Be, be my guest. Divine Ozigbo and James Robinson were actually mentioned by head coach Doug Maroney earlier today saying that both of them have the potential to be three down backs. Where does that leave Ryquel Armstead, who's still number one on the depth chart? I don't know. At this point, you have three guys with at least similar skill sets fighting over at least the first two downs because it's not like Chris Thompson is going anywhere. Jay Gruden became the offensive coordinator for Jacksonville, and the first thing he did was convince the GM to bring Chris Thompson over from Washington, where he was... Because he wants to he, he wants to work with his favorite cat pass catching back. Now, the thing about Reichwell, Divine, and James <laughs> James Robinson, I do have to say both names because he, he doesn't have a unique name. I told you it is relevant. So the thing about the three of them is neither none of them, not a single one of them has any value unless you're in like a 14 or 16 team league. If you look at Leonard Fournette last year, yes, he had a mediocre season. And a lot of people blame him for it. The problem is, he was actually pretty good. He was the third best in the NFL at yards after first contact. He, he makes things happen on his own, even if defenders get to him. The problem was, while he was third best in yards after first contact, he was third worst in the league in yards before first contact. He was only averaging 1.4 yards before first contact. What that means in general, is the offensive line is not doing their job. And 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 that's not Leonard Fournette's problem. That's that's not an issue with him. Oh, it sounds like an issue with him because he was the one getting pummeled by defenders as soon as he crossed the line of scrimmage. That definitely sounds like a Leonard Fournette problem. It Okay, that's a good point, but that is more of a personal and physical and probably sometimes emotional problem for Leonard Fournette. Not an issue with him as a running back. What it is an issue with is the Jacksonville Jaguars' offensive line. And they did nothing to address those offensive line issues in the offseason. 
And letting Yannick Ngakwe go made their defense even worse. So they're going to be playing from behind even more, which will force them to pass the ball even more. Plus, they just hired offensive coordinator Jay Gruden, who loves to pass the ball. So they're going to be passing the ball even more. So you got three running backs who aren't going to be worth anything. But then you have Chris Thompson, the pass-catching back. If you look at Leonard Fournette last year on the Jaguars, he had 100 targets at running back with Gardner Minshew leading the way at quarterback. Gardner Minshew loves to scramble, and so he loves his outlet um, His whenever the rest of the play fails. He loves to, to dump it off to his running back. Chris Thompson is going to be the one to benefit from that. So to that end, if you're looking to this backfield, grab Chris Thompson. I think he's a relatively high floor flex option uh, and who you can get for free in drafts at this point and and if you've already drafted he's probably sitting uh sitting in the free agent pool and you can just pick him right up so that's the the jaguars you want to talk about the buccaneers i do uh only because i am actually really excited as far as this landing spot goes uh ronald jones was clearly not making it work in tampa bay Leonard Fournette is going to be in a much better offense being run by Tom Brady. I think this gives him even more opportunities. And I think those of you who drafted him in the third, fourth, or fifth round, he's going to return, maybe not have quite as much volume as he did last year, but he's still going to return somewhat on that value. I see him as an RB2. You say that, but just this morning... Uh, Bruce Arians, head coach Bruce Arians, said, Ronald Jones is still our guy. He also said, LaShawn McCoy will be involved in the passing game. Dare Ogumbawale isn't going to <laughs> say his name again, please. please. Wait, no, I want to say his name. Dare Ogunbowale. I, I love that name. Can you stop with the running back names? We get it. They're funny. They're good. Dario Gumbawale is, is actually a, a key member of their special teams as well. So he's going to be on the team. And Bruce Arian said Ronald Jones is still the guy. That doesn't bother you at all? It actually doesn't. C- completely honest, that does not bother me at all. That is 100% coach speak. Why was Leonard Fournette let go from the Jaguars? It's not because he's a bad running back. You just made that point yourself. He was let go because he, the players didn't want to deal with him anymore. I'm sure the, uh, the, the coaches didn't want to deal with him anymore. It's all a personality thing. He came in as a first-round pick and took that job, and all of a sudden, the offense is about him. He's the superstar. Bruce Arians knows he needs to nip that in the bud. So as soon as Leonard Fournette shows up, he tells Leonard Fournette he's not the guy. He tells Leonard Fournette, you have to earn this spot. This is not Jacksonville. This is Tampa Bay. This is Tom Brady's offense. You don't get anything for free in Tom Brady's offense. You have to earn that spot. And I think this is Bruce Arians lighting a fire under Leonard Fournette and telling him, there's no room for your ego. There's no room for entitlement. You will work your butt off. I see I didn't even try to say the other word. I just said butt. Congratulations on doing the bare minimum to not curse on this podcast. You're welcome. So, to that end, I think Leonard Fournette does earn this starting job. Ronald Jones is no competition for Leonard Fournette. I think Leonard Fournette starts to work hard, and by the beginning of this season, or at least after the first couple of weeks, that backfield is Leonard Fournette's. But even if it is, 
even if it is. This is a Tom Brady-run offense. This is a Bruce Arians offense. We talked about how much he loves to pass uh, last week. Also, if you're expecting Leonard Fournette to get goal line carries, think again. I mean, Tom Brady ran for three touchdowns last year. That's as much as Russell Wilson or Dak Prescott. He wants to pad those touchdown stats, and he's going to do that Tom Brady QB sneak a lot. But that's like th- that's literally three touchdowns a year, which adds up. That's 18 fantasy points. Leonard Fournette will not be the guy that he was, and I am sorry, I do not think that Leonard Fournette will return on that value. If I, if I was drafting him today, I'd be waiting until the, the seventh or eighth round probably because uh, he, he might be the starting running back, but he's not going to return on third, fourth, or fifth round value. But that's just one one piece of, of running back news in this insane week that we've had of running back news. Let's just hit Alvin Kamara real quick. The Saints are threatening to trade him. They're in the middle of contract negotiations. They're, uh, Alvin Kamara is dealing with an injury that w- is at least bad enough for him to, to, to need an epidural. And that's not something casual. Like, that's something you get during childbirth. Like, there's nothing casual. <laughs> did, you just, did you just bring up childbirth in a fantasy football podcast? That, if there was one word that I did not think we would ever say on this show, it is childbirth. Well, that's Samuels versus Schlanger for you. We bring surprises every single week. But what this actually points to is the fact that this injury is at least serious enough to consider that Alvin Kamara might not be wanting to risk a whole lot this season without the security of a new contract. I do think a new contract is going to get done, but just in case it doesn't, the main takeaway from this, get Latavius Murray on your team. You are spending your first round pick to get Alvin Kamara. I don't care if you have to reach in the sixth or seventh round for Latavius Murray. Because other people might do it too with, with, with how volatile the situation is. Get Latavius Murray on your team. It is a personal philosophy. I think handcuffs are extremely important. If you draft Zeke, get Tony Pollard. If you draft Dalvin Cook, you need Alexander Madison. You want insurance policies so that if your first round pick goes down with an injury, you're not left <laughs> helpless in the middle of your season. That's... The running back news that we're going to take care of today. Let's uh, let's jump forward. Uh, we have a live read before we move forward. Do, do you want to take this one? Nah, it's all you, bro. You got this. Okay, so our sponsor for today's episode, and thank you so much to our episode sponsors, is Give the Booter. Firing can be difficult, and here in this pandemic, we understand that all of you small business owners have been forced to implement round after round of layoffs. There's an easier way to give the boot. Try Give the Booter. Give the Booter takes over the firing process from start to finish and gets it done for you. Firing employees yourself means dealing with a lot of emotions, and sometimes you watch a grown man cry all over their former desk in front of all of their former co-workers and that cute girl from accounting he was kind of crushing on. No need for that! Give the Booter will fire your soon-to-be former employee at their own home so their spouse and children can witness the existential horror firsthand. The best part is, if you go to GiveTheBooter.com SVS, you can get 20% off your first yearly subscription. That's 20% off on top of the money you'll save from hiring a less qualified employee to take their place at half the salary. That's GiveTheBooter.com SVS. Give the Booter, the smartest way to fire. I think that's wonderful, because now I know how I can save 20% firing you, 
and hire somebody for half the salary. You do realize that neither of us are getting paid for this. What? Wait, but we have sponsors. The whole point of sponsors is so that so that we can get paid for our work and then we talk about their business. Yeah, and that is true. That is how it works 99% of the time. But these are special sponsors. They don't give us money for what should be obvious reasons for most people. But you're a little slower than the rest. Well, no, I'm not. They're, don't. You're the dumb person. I'm so dumb that I'm going to move us forward into the second half of the show in which we're going to be dissecting a frog. We're going to be dissecting a frog. We're not going to be dissecting a frog. We're going to be dissecting a contest being held by Bud Light in which they will give you a free case of beer if you draft Gardner Minshew in the first round of your fantasy draft. That's right. You can get a case, not even like free beer for a year or free beer for life, literally entered into a contest to win a $13.99 case of Bud Light for tanking your fantasy season in which you usually have like a $20-$25 buy-in. So that's what we're going to be doing today. We want to help you, our listeners, win that case of Bud Light. So we each did a mock draft. And we, did you do want to continue now? Are you done laughing at, at dissecting? I am. Uh, <laughs> we each did a mock draft in which we drafted Gardner Minshew in the first round so that we could win a case of beer. But also, this, situ- this season is unique. We have two quarterbacks in Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes who could potentially win your season. Like, look at Lamar Jackson last year. It could happen. So each of these guys could potentially go in the first round. So we are doing this not just to look at a dumb contest by Bud Light, but also to look at what happens if you have that much faith in those quarterbacks and you want to get them in the first round. We want to help you build a team after that first round that you can take confidently into the fantasy season. So I had the second overall pick. Schlanger had the eighth overall pick, which, yeah, in this so in this situation, you really do... I'm much happier with the eighth pick because I, I, if I'm getting a quarterback first round, I want to be able to, in the second round, get that stud running back with consistent production. And it's much easier to do it with the top of the second round in that snake draft. So you, uh, you had the first, uh, first pick. I had the, the second pick. So with the second overall pick, I pass over Ezekiel Elliott and Saquon Barkley reluctantly. And I pick Gardner Minshew. What do you do with the eighth pick? I also pick up Gardner Minshew. So, moving on to the second round, I am actually very happy because I wanted that stud running back one. I got Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I don't know why he dropped to me in the second round. Uh, Kenyon Drake was also available. Aaron Jones was available. Joe Mixon was available. I want an RB1. Clyde Edwards-Alaire might very well be the number one running back in fantasy this year with Patrick Mahomes leading an Andy Reid-led offense. It's going to be crazy. Super happy with that. Who were you able to get? I also wanted my my stud, consistent RB1. It was a little slimmer pickings at the end of round two. I ended up with Austin Eckler. I'm not unsatisfied with this at all. Uh, Before Melvin Gordon came back, Austin Eckler was the number two running back in fantasy behind Christian McCaffrey. Even after Melvin Gordon came back, Eckler was a stud. He ended as the number four running back in fantasy. 
I don't know why he's going so undervalued this year that he's dropping to the end of round two. I am thrilled about that. Also available was Joe Mixon. I would also be thrilled with that. Joe Mixon just got his contract. He's going to, that offense will center around him. They have a rookie quarterback. And I know it's Joe Burrow. That kid can apparently do anything. But Joe Mixon will be the featured piece in that offense. If either of those two guys drop to the end of the second round, you get that. I have my running back one. I'm super happy with it. Round three, at this point, Mixon's gone. All of the other running backs are gone. I want to get my wide receiver one. I grabbed Chris Godwin over... Hold on. You're a a Texas A&M fan, and you grabbed Chris Godwin over Mike Evans? Absolutely I did, because of who, who the quarterback is. Tom Brady loves passing over the middle. That's why his favorite target was Rob Gronkowski and then Julian Edelman, a slot receiver and a tight end. So Chris Godwin has that role. Mike Evans might be in line for a few more touchdowns because he might very well be the best jump ball wide receiver in the game right now. But consistent production is going to be all Chris Godwin. You also went wide receiver one in round three. I did because I ran into the same problem as you. There were no running backs that I wanted to reach for to get that other consistent producer at running back two. So my wide receiver one was DJ Moore. I love this guy. More importantly, the Panthers love this guy. They keep talking him up as a clear wide receiver one in this league. Other wide receivers available were Allen Robinson, but I don't trust Mitchell Trubisky or Nick Foles. Adam Thielen was also available, but he struggled a little bit when he was the feature guy without Stefan Diggs last year. So I love DJ Moore in round three. Round four is where it gets interesting. I wanted my RB2. David Johnson was available, Todd Gurley was available, Leonard Fournette was available, James Conner was available, and Jonathan Taylor, but Jonathan Taylor's going to be behind Marlon Mack to start the season. I don't trust James Conner to take that role and run with it the entire season. Fournette is Fournette, Gurley's an injury risk, and so was David Johnson. But if you look at David Johnson last year, uh, spoiler alert, I picked David Johnson. If you look at the first six games of last season before his injury, he was averaging 20.2 points per game. That's not a washed-up running back. That is a guy who got injured, came back, and the team was was running with Kenyon Drake, and they thought Kenyon Drake was the running back of their future, so they, they let David Johnson go. He is going to feast in Houston as the feature back. Uh... DeAndre Hopkins last year had a 31% target share. You know who was number two in target share? The running backs. Deshaun Watson scrambles and then has to take his check down to the running back. That's going to be David Johnson this year. He's going to get that kind of production. And you agree with me. I, I do, actually. I David Johnson fell to me at the end of the fourth round, and I also wanted to solidify that RB2, so I took David Johnson. More interesting is my round five where I got Le'Veon Bell. I could have gone with my wide receiver two to fill out those two slots. Uh, Terry McLaurin was available, DJ Chark was available, but running back is harder to find and in, in this year's draft, and I wanted that consistent flex option. Le'Veon Bell and Adam Gase have had their personality issues, but Adam Gase just said a couple days ago that he wants Le'Veon to be more involved in the passing game. This is PPR scoring that we're talking about here. Darnold needs help, and I think Le'Veon is going to be the guy. 
this year to help him out. Who who was uh you had something different in round five? I did, and I'm actually really excited about this. Mark Andrews fell to me. And I know we, we drafted a quarterback first round. We're trying to get as many running backs and wide receivers as we can to catch up, but this is value that I couldn't pass up. Mark Andrews is going in the third round a lot of times ahead of Zach Ertz. This guy has the potential to be the number one tight end in fantasy. He is Lamar Jackson's favorite target, especially near the end zone. This is a team that is going to score a lot. And Hollywood Brown is going to catch short 60-yard touchdown passes, 70-yard touchdown passes. Mark Andrews is going to be the guy when they are inside the 10-yard line Uh He's, he's going to feast, and I'm really happy about getting my tight end. This way, I don't have to worry about carrying two tight ends. If Gardner Minshew is my number one quarterback in the first round, I'm going to want another quarterback later. So I got my tight end. I don't need another tight end. Uh, in the sixth round, I filled out my wide receivers. I got that wide receiver too. I got my guy, Michael Gallup. My dude, my, my guy, you can go last week if you want to hear me talk up Michael Gallup. He's he's going to be an extremely high floor, maybe not the highest ceiling, but a very high floor wide receiver too this year. Who'd you get round six? I managed to fill out my wide receiver core when Tyler Lockett dropped to me in the sixth round. And DK Metcalf was also available. He's been taking targets away from Tyler Lockett. Uh, Devontae Parker was available, injury risk. Tyler Lockett... <laughs> is deceptively amazing every single year. Last year, he was the number 14 wide receiver in fantasy. 2018, he was the number 11 wide receiver in fantasy. He somehow consistently is a top 15 wide receiver, and he's consistently inconsistent from game to game, but he gets the job done. But that's also why in round seven, I skipped on Kareem Hunt. Hindsight's 2020. maybe I should have grabbed him, but because Tyler Lockett was my round six pick, I picked Will Fuller, in round seven. And I know he's an injury risk, but as we said, DeAndre Hopkins had a 31% target share last year. That is 10 targets per game. They have to go somewhere, and Will Fuller is the clear-cut number one guy, most trusted receiver by Deshaun Watson. He's going to have an amazing season if he stays healthy, and that's why, and I'm I'm going to keep talking here and not let you talk about your seventh round. What? Why? Okay, fine. Do your thing. We're in the rush. <laughs> Thank you. So, I actually, before we get to his seventh round pick, in the eighth round, I know I talked about running back handcuffs and how much I love them. I handcuffed my wide receiver. I got Brandon Cooks in the eighth round because if Will Fuller goes down, Brandon Cooks will be the guy. It's definitely not Kenny Stills. Randall Cobb is going to stay in that slot role. Brandon Cooks, I think, will be the guy to pick up the slack if Will Fuller goes down, and I found that very important to grab in the in the eighth round. And now you 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 can take it away now. Thank you. My God, this guy's his ego is through the roof. So, and I'm actually I'm glad you brought up handcuffs because my round seven was none other than Mark Ingram, and I'm very happy about this pick. Baltimore is the number one rushing team in the game and it's not even close they had 98 more rushing attempts than any other team last year that's a 20 percent increase over the second most run heavy team that is insane you want their starting running back which is why in the ninth round two two rounds later i picked up jk dobbins because it is only a matter of time before either mark ingram gets injured or the talent of jk dobbins overtakes Mark Ingram and they can't keep Dobbins on the bench anymore and J.K. Dobbins becomes the guy in the most run-heavy team in the game. Now, uh, do you have any... Th- when did you pick up your uh, your tight end? 
I'm glad you asked. I, I actually waited until the 12th round. I finally got Hayden Hurst, uh, which I'm very, I'm extremely happy about. And this is why I like waiting on tight end. Last year for the Falcons, Austin Hooper, before his injury, got 7.5 targets per game. That's about the same as George Kittle. Matt Ryan loves his tight ends, especially near the end zone. And they brought on Hayden Hurst specifically to take over for Hooper. He's going to get touchdowns in a big way. But just in case, I did grab another tight end in the 14th round. That was Mike Cisecki for the Dolphins. He carved himself out a role. The, the, the last five games of last season, he averaged 13.6 fantasy points per game. Over a 16-game season, that's only two points fewer than George Kittle, who, again, we've established is a tight end beast. Mike Jacecki will be a safety blanket for once Tua comes in for sure, but also Ryan Fitzpatrick found him last year and, and loves him. So he's going to score touchdowns. He's going to get probably between three and four receptions per game. I'm excited about Mike Jacecki. So uh, let's quickly just run through... Uh, what was your final starting lineup? So, at quarterback, I have <laughs> Gardner Minshew, or in the first round, it might be a Lamar Jackson, it might be a um, a Patrick Mahomes. My running back one, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. My running back two, David Johnson. My wide receiver one, DJ Moore. My wide receiver two, Michael Gallup. Super happy about those. I got my tight end in Mark Andrews. That is a stellar starting lineup that I am very excited about. How about you? I am almost as excited. It is really tough when you go in that early spot in the first round if you draft that quarterback first round. So I have Gardner Minshew as my quarterback. I have Austin Eckler as my RB1. David Johnson as my RB2. Chris Godwin as my wide receiver one. Tyler Lockett as my wide receiver two. In my flex, which you didn't mention your flex, in my flex I have Le'Veon Bell, which I'm super happy about. Tight end, I'm going to be filling in between Hayden Hurst and Mike Jacecki. Who was your, your flex? Oh, my flex was Mark Ingram or J.K. Dobbins. Like, like primo production there. That is, that is, in fact, primo production. And that is, in fact, all the time we have today. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I hope this helps you either win some free beer or win your fantasy league with Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson. That's the show. I'm Samuels. I'm Schlanger. And uh, yeah, you can find us now on, not only on Anchor, you can find us on Spotify. You can find us on Google Podcasts. You can find us on, on Pocket Casts, which is funny. I, I don't know if I've ever heard of that. We will be here every single week. If you can figure out how to subscribe to us, please do. We, yeah, we haven't figured out uh, the subscription options yet. But when we do, we'll let you know. You will hear from us next week. Thanks so much, everybody. Thank you. Good night. It is still day.